Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Having a specific plan in place can be very helpful because you can just move to the next step in the plan. And I think that if you can identify like small concrete steps to move you forward, that is a great way to make progress. Because otherwise, every time you sit down, you have to figure out like, where was I? And what do I want to do next? And then I think it's easy to get distracted. And just because you have a plan in place doesn't mean you can't alter that. But it at least kind of gets the ball rolling, which I think for me, and it sounds like for a lot of other people is sometimes the hardest part. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 139. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson to reflect on the past month and explore what's new for November, including the upcoming 2022 planning party. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Kim, how's it going? It is going. And yourself? Pretty much the same. Things are... Moving along here, uh, definitely getting a little bit busier this time of year for sure. Yes, so we have just finished marching band for the girls and caroling wrapped up volleyball. So, um, March, this was our first experience kind of with marching band. They did a little bit last year, but obviously, with the pandemic school year, things were very, very different. And now they're in for sure a high school level, and so they have competitions and so there's like 120 kids in their band, including Grace's Dig Color Guard, Caroline Plays Clarinet. And so there would they had several of these like all day competitions where like they would load be at the school at 8 a.m. and they wouldn't get home till like midnight. And they had to transport 120 kids and their instruments and the props and like their uniforms. And it was quite a very complicated logistical situation but yeah. um, so we helped out with that quite a bit just because they needed you know help getting like props on and off the field and kids into uniforms and out of uniforms and all that so that's been keeping us busy but so marching band is wrapping but this week jazz band is starting and concert band <laughs> and pet bands and grace is interested in show band so they play the music for the show choir so lots of musical endeavors at my house right now Wow, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Emily just started playing violin and (gasps) she's totally excited about it. Oh, Um, yeah. She actually, her, uh, we had her parent teacher conference and her teacher said that he has 18 kids doing band and two doing strings. Mm-hmm. And they go at separate times. And so when all the band kids go, there's actually only five kids left in the class, including Emily. It's Emily and five boys, I think, or Emily and four boys. Nice. I've always thought so. the violin would be cool, but I've heard it's kind of difficult. And I I played piano and flute for a short period of time in middle school, but mm-hmm. I am not blessed with pretty much any sort of rhythm. Like I was totally the kid with the metronome, like counting out very specifically and methodically. Um, And then I'd have a friend that could just sit down at the piano and just play. Caroline is like that with the clarinet. She is like shockingly good considering she doesn't really practice. Um, So, and for jazz band, her director would like her to play the saxophone and he assures her that that is not that much of a leap. So we will see. Wow. Exciting. Fun stuff. Yeah, it is. New experiences. 
So I had a new experience that we had planted a dahlia, one dahlia tuber at the beginning of the season that our neighbor had given us. And we'd never planted these before. And I'm not sure we picked quite the right spot, but I like read all the directions online. I watched tutorial videos on how to like pinch it at the right time. So I get great blooms. And then we had a storm that kind of like knocked it over. And I was like, oh, well, this one's a goner. And then all of a sudden, I was like driving around to pull into my driveway. And I'm like, what is that red thing over there? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Even though it was pointed sideways, the dahlia still bloomed. And it was so beautiful. And it just makes me excited to try again next year. Yes. Dahlias are beautiful. I think you nailed it with the pinching. Because I've grown dahlias in the past and I don't think I did that. And then they would end up, they were very leggy and I was trying to stake them so they weren't falling over. And I just decided that that was not worth my efforts, but maybe I need to look in that into the pinching. I do that for other perennials. So that is an idea. I'll have to look at that. Yeah. And I mean, it felt really nerve wracking. And the video I watched um, from uh, Erin from Florette said that she's like, yes. it will feel like you're cutting off most of the plant, but that's what's going to make it grow faster and hardier and be really happy. So, okay. So definitely we'll see. check I, that out. Yeah. The weather has since kind of turned. And so it looked like we were going to get four more. And I think it, the only reason it, it actually bloomed was because we had such a warm spell. I think it was mm-hmm. just very confused, but. We will see. I'm excited to uh, to dig it up and put it in sawdust for the winter and try again next year. And it should have some babies on it, I think. So uh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> that is exciting. Yes. And then also I have exciting news that I bought my first two cans of paint. <laughs> Woo-hoo. It, feel, it feels like a big deal because I've been talking about it forever. And uh, I'm just finally feeling ready to move forward. This fall has just been kind of one thing after another. And Mm -hmm. now I'm just trying to slowly take one step at a time. Let's do a small project and, you know, there'll be a snowball effect to it. So. Yes. Perfect. And you don't want to paint in like the heat of the summer anyway. So what rooms or locations are these cans of paint going to be applied to? Well, the lady at the paint store, she kind of looked at me funny when I said that I was painting my closets first because I feel like I need some practice and there's certainly kind of an organization strategy to it that if I paint the closets first, I can start putting things, more things into the closets and I want to get like my laundry room tidied up too. And so that's the first project. And then actually the second can of paint is for my front door. Um, It'll be for some other like cabinetry and things like that too, but uh I'm excited to get that done. I've been wanting to paint the front door since we moved in. And so before the weather really turns worse, I want to go ahead and get that one done too. Yeah. And that will have a big impact right away, I would think. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll just hopefully just keep me the momentum to to keep going, you know, one one space, one project at a time. Yep. Just stay focused. And then I think we talked about this before that I've been trying to figure out kind of what what way I want to scrapbook this, how I want to document this process. And I realized I had this Vicki Booten mini book foundation kit. So it was a class she taught at Crop and Create back in the spring. And it was all, I think, Maggie Holmes supplies. And it was all really beautiful. And I took a look at it. I was like, oh, if these colors really coordinate with my home. They're also, it's a very home themed collection And so I just followed the instructions to put together the album foundation. And now I have a place to put these memories rather than kind of starting from scratch with my own plan, which may not have ever gotten started. No, that's awesome. Plus it used something you already had. Yes. Yes. Because I didn't really have a plan for that project. And I'm like, you know what? This fits perfectly. Oh, I'd say that's serendipity right there. (laughs) So Kim, what's exciting you right now inside of scrapbooking? I, we have had some conversations in the group already looking ahead to 2022, um, kind of like different projects that people would want to work on or thoughts about, um, I guess along those lines. And so it had kind of gotten discussed some of like the everyday scrapping type projects. And so this is the second year I've done a favorites layout for each month. And so I just highlight 10 favorite things from that month and I do a layout for each month of 
the year. And so second year doing that, and it seems to be working fine, but I may be a little less excited about it than I was when I started. So I'm starting to contemplate maybe if I would want to do something a little different for 2022. And some of our members have been doing seven on the seventh where they do like seven photos or several years ago for a refresh, we did like nine on the ninth. And I liked that because it was very conducive to like a grid layout. You could grid, do like nine yeah. photos and uh-huh. nine things. Um, or, and then Natalie also in our group had talked about, she was doing something where she was using just the same template each time. Um, mm-hmm. And so that kind of appeals to me this year. I used one kit. So it was like a kind of year long kit. And so a lot of more thematic type embellishments, but so I'm just kind of contemplating maybe what I want to do looking ahead to 2022. I'll finish out this year's favorites and maybe it would be a similar type concept where it's like, you know, nine favorite things from this month. Um, but using, I guess, narrowing that down even more to like using the specific template or maybe like there'd be like a couple variations to include like horizontal versus vertical versus whatever. Or maybe I just going in, if I know that's my template, then I can make sure to take my photos in an orientation that is, um, fits well with that. So I don't know. We'll see. That's, that's kind of what's been on my mind. How about yourself? Yes. Lots of things like that too. I'm definitely thinking about how I can set up structure and like fun rules for myself to just make projects a little bit easier. Uh, really thinking about what I want to do more of and less of. And one thing that I've noticed that I've done consistently throughout my scrapbooking experience from the very beginning, but have really gotten into is this idea of documenting multiple years for one project. And so the best example right now is that I'm doing a whole decade of Octobers for my October daily project. So it's just a series of pocket pages and I'm not really like not using numbers. I'm not really trying to like do 31 stories. I'm just trying to document Okay, October 2011 through October 2021 uh, in with one set of products and just make it a holistic thing. And then also my, my 2014 to 2016 December Daily used a similar concept of if we step back and look big picture over a period of time, you know, what's similar, what's different year to year and things like that just seem really fun and inspiring to me. I can see that. I, I think I always like compare contrast layouts just for that reason too. Mm-hmm. So when you apply that in a thematic way, you know, over a, you know, longer span of time, you definitely see the appeal of that. Yes, for sure. And I'm, I feel like I'm trying to figure out like, what is this called? I've been talking to people about it and nobody's can say like, oh, well, so-and-so calls that X or, you know, I've been trying to kind of figure out a, do other people do this? Is it just me? Or, and if so, like, what should we call it? So I guess I'm looking for our listeners to comment on this episode and share what would be the name for that? You know, the most boring name I've come up with is summary scrapbooking, but that's just not very, <laughs> it's very descriptive, but not very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Like alliteration, one more S in there, maybe. Um, yeah. I do like that though. Otherwise, the only other thing, like other than summary, I think of as more just an overview. But that True. again, descriptive, but not terribly like enticing. <laughs> For sure. It's not like project life. It's like you know, I do overview scrapbooking or summary scrapbooking. But yeah, and that is actually really interesting because since you know you enjoy that approach, maybe that's an opportunity to look for other projects that would fit kind of within that lens, right? Like you're doing this home project now, maybe down the road you tie in like stories of past homes or things like that. So it could give you kind of inform the direction that you go for future projects. Well, and even the fact that I enjoy this and I find it easy because the photos are already taken. Mm -hmm. I think it also just kind of highlighted that I like that constraint. And so I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm actually thinking of documenting with this year's December daily products a previous year or multiple previous years. And maybe making that my approach is that I 
because I seem to like lose track because like the photos get away from me and it's the hecticness of the season. But if I can sit down in November and early December, print out all my photos from whatever year and use that momentum and all the fun brand new supplies to document a previous year, I think I might have more success. Yeah, that sounds So it's just something I'm toying with. Yeah. Um, Well, and the thing is, so I don't know how many December albums I've done. I started in 2009, and then one year I went back and did 2007 and 2008 as one. So I've done one every year, Um, and they're all done. I never do, like, the daily portion. That's why I just call them December albums because some Mm -hmm. years – I mean, one year I started on, like, the 19th. One year I actually started on, like, Christmas Eve. So I make sure to, like, take photos, document, maybe have an idea of stories I want to say, but I I always do the, like – you know, document now, create later approach. And then my goal usually is to have it done by the end of January. But, um, but exactly the same thing. I like to know what I'm working with. So I have an idea of what direction I'm going. Um, so I definitely see the appeal of that, but I like the idea of kind of reliving the previous years, because even if I'm doing the same year, I still have to like track down all the photos and stuff. Whereas you could almost like kit that up ahead of time and then yes in december you just get a play you don't have to is like the planning's done whereas i still have that like hurdle to clear well i think part of it is for me is because i've certainly toyed with that idea of okay you know once even if, whether it's december 26th or january 1st i'm gonna then document but really like i'm ready to take down my tree on december 26th and like move on to the new year and so i don't feel like i could i would have the same kind of momentum mm-hmm. um, no and then like i would be in, excited doing about it, it in the moment for sure i could see the excitement of that yeah so we'll see like you know i'm not totally committed to doing that for this year um but it's something that i've thinking about we talked about it in one of our chats and people were like oh like that actually could work, particularly if you're like me and you kind of get lost in the photo management of the month, but so that kind of leads you to lose momentum. So if you can get that photo management out of the way first because you're doing a previous year, then maybe it's a solution. Okay. So then my next question is, did you buy new product this year already or no? Can I play the fifth on this? You can. <laughs> I'm going to take I that did. No. Yes. So here's. No, so here's the deal. I bought more product this year than I've ever have in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm super pumped about the products that I bought. I actually kind of regret not buying an album, but that's like a whole conversation in itself. Um, but I haven't opened it yet. And that's because I am super committed to my finishing project. And at the beginning of our, our class session, I, was, I talked to the members and we, I had a post all about not now. Like, what are you going to put aside? And what do you like? We need to write this down and say you're putting aside. And I said, I'm putting aside any December daily work, including opening my new supplies. Because I knew as soon as I opened that box, I'm going to get excited and I want to touch it and play with things. And it's going to totally take me out of the zone for my finishing project. And so, you know, I'm going to jump on Instagram and do a live as soon as my finishing project is done because I, I'm, I'm waiting. Well, that's, so that's the hardest thing at the moment. Well, it's also motivating <laughs> you to keep you on totally. track. You reward yourself. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I totally dove in and I bought all the things. And and I think like the out of the pocket part is what's really exciting me. All just like fun little shapes. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to play and enjoy the process. Cool. All right. So what about bucket list stories? You always have good ones. Well, I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> so this is feels kind of dramatic, but it's about my cat. So we adopted this cat in 2016 from a shelter. She was four years old and she and I've done layouts about kind of her transition into our household because we had another cat and they were not friends, to say the least, for a very long time. So now they've tolerated each other. But she has had a series of kind of ongoing health issues off and on since October of 2018. So we are three years into this. And at the time when it first started, I didn't really like she would basically she has this like inflammatory skin condition where she it like gets inflamed, it like scabs over and then opens her up to like risk for skin infections. So 
It would usually affects like her toes, like her claw folds, and then also her nose. Um, and then at one point she had an issue with like a mammary gland and it was just kind of been ongoing. Well, it really ramped up last October. So like a year ago. And of course you're in the middle of the pandemic. So like you couldn't go into the vet. I'm sitting and I've spent so much time sitting in vet parking lots. And then we ended up getting like a second opinion, blah, blah, blah. So basically it's a long saga story to say that she now has a diagnosis. She's on a prescription medication that we're doing like every three days. And it has completely cleared up this condition since like August of this year. So we're just now in the process of like weaning her down to like minimum maintenance dose. So um, it's definitely, I've had a lot of emotions through this process and I feel oh, it's sure. talking through it. Is, but this is where it feels kind of silly because I recognize she is a cat and I do very, very much love my pets. I am like the person, like they have Christmas stockings. Like I am like that crazy lady. And now my cat has a dermatologist. I mean, so I do get, For a lot of people, that's kind of bonkers. Um, But I would have all these thoughts through this process. And I would just, like, look at her and think, like, oh, my goodness. Like, are we doing the right thing for you? Um, So I think with this point, we are. It's good. As long as you're right, she can take this medication and she's healthy and happy. And, you know, she's nine years old. And honestly, I would just like to get her through, like, the next four years until the girls go off to college and, have her be happy and healthy. Um, so now that I feel like we're kind of, I mean, it's not completely wrapped up, but we've definitely kind of gone to a maintenance point with this, that we have a diagnosis and we have a treatment and she's doing well, that I feel ready to kind of tell that part of her story about my cat story. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's, it's what you're living. It's what's real. Mm-hmm. And our pets are, our pets are certainly a part of our family. As you know, we went through quite yes. a, several years with Annika before she passed. And, um, you know, I hope that she does, you know, she <laughs> makes she it through the girls happy, being in school. Yeah. Cause I was like, at some point she's a good little cat other than this chronic skin thing. So now that we actually have a solution to that, I'm like more than happy to, uh, keep that going forward. So she actually had to take both cats in this morning for their annual wellness exams and their vaccines and things and everybody checked out well. And so now we're just, now we're just cruising. We're hoping we're in like maintenance mode and we do not have to go back to vet for any reason for another year. Well, I guess with her medication, she has to get a lab work done like twice a year. But other than that, (laughs) I just want it to be easy peasy. I do not want to be. um, And I will say the good thing about this morning, I actually could go into the office with the cats and, you know, because that was the other thing I'd be in my car. I'm like, well, it's on like her right paw and her third toe. And like, it was just, it was a blast. Let me tell you. So. Now, have you documented other stories about this kitty cat? I have. Yes. Um, and they're just kind of strewn in among my albums. So with like the annual. So at some point I could probably pull them out and have them be their own, you know, like a pet album. I think I talked about that way back when as a bucket list story, the idea of maybe doing like a summary page for pets. Cause I'd always kind of thought about doing, going back and looking at past pets and doing a whole album dedicated to them. And, um, you know, that's a possibility, but I think, before I get ahead of myself, I just need to like make some layouts first. So, yes, for sure. We've been having those conversations a lot. I have, and personally, like Instagram DMs and and various events that we have. That that's one of the amazing things about three ring albums today is that you can rearrange your layouts very easily. You can change your mind, put it somewhere else, kind of you know, do things differently or just move things around if you need to. So it makes it really handy. Yes, for sure. So mine is much less serious. <laughs> um, and this came from, I, I had reshared a meme about that. The person said that when I first saw Titanic, it came on a uh, two VHS set. And I've joked, like, what do you mean the first time you saw it was on the VHS? You didn't see it in the theater? (laughs) Because I saw Titanic eight times in the theater on the first run, and then I have seen it twice in the theater 
since. So, um, and then met like countless times on the VHS and then the DVD. And so I haven't ever scrapbooked about really my whole Titanic thing. And it's, it's time. That's like a big two page spread with the whole, the movie and then the history and, uh, yeah. So I'm a, I'm a Titanic nerd and Super the movie fan. really started all for me. Yeah. And I, I think I had some interest before that, but then that's why I was like really excited about the movie. Plus, you know, Leo yeah. and, uh, you know, I was 18 years old <laughs> or 17, I guess when it came out and yeah, it was a fun time. And that, especially that those nine months after it was released, that was like the thing. It was an obsession. Mm-hmm. Yes. I went so, several times. I remember in the theater as well. And like you said, you had had interest before. I, in high school, did – we had to do like a history project, and I did mine on the sinking of the Titanic. So I was also very excited when the movie came out. But I did not see it eight times in the theater. I think it was like two or three. I think I went with like yeah. a couple different groups of friends, and I think I went on a date once. So – but I think that was it. But and then I think if it's like been on TV, I would watch it. But I don't know. I like yeah. it haven't gone out and like sought out the movie itself so but yeah i mean it's i've I've certainly seen like parts of it multiple times as well like Mm -hmm. after a while i'm like oh i know what happens here i'm just gonna go about my business but yeah just a fun thing and i've added that to my list and it just you know it's especially a big part of my growing up and yeah so I'm, i'm excited to do that one well, and look at how much things have changed. So one, it's very much indicative about your personality, your interests, and what, and those sorts of things. But also, back then, if you wanted to see that movie, you had to go to the theater. You couldn't stream it on, you know, Disney Plus or whatever streaming service was offering it. And then if you wanted to rent it, it wasn't like you could just download it. You'd have to go and to the movie store. So... Just looking back over the course of what the last, what was usually 97, so like 24 years, how just how we consume our media changes too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I remember just like when Netflix first came out and you had to order these DVDs in the mail. Yes. And you had to wait and like they only had a certain number. So you had to be on a waiting list for the movie that you wanted. And it was this whole like, it was this whole thing. And I remember thinking like, why can't they just put these on the internet and we could just watch whatever we want, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what we do now. Yeah. Um, and, and even when they first started the streaming, people complained about it and thought, oh, the DVDs are never going to go away. And like, and then streaming really just took over the whole thing. And of course we still have Redbox, and mm-hmm. I, I think you could still get DVDs from Netflix. I don't know for sure. Maybe somebody can, can let us know. And I do know okay. you can because, um, Ken and Mary, who I help, um, they do that. So they will still do stuff, DVDs through the mail. Yeah, I remember, like, binge-watching seasons of a show, but then you had to, like, send one back to be able to get oh, the, the next, next DVD. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, like, micro-binge-watching. You'd watch, like, you know, six episodes or nine episodes, and then you had to wait for the next DVD. And, yeah. That's awesome. All right, let's jump into what we're doing at Simple Scrapper. We are just concluding our project's creative journey. These creative journeys are these two-month periods where we're diving into a topic, really exploring it, and making it kind of a nice, easy container. One month is too fast and a quarter is too long um, and doesn't allow us to touch as many subjects. And so the big thing during the project's journey was this finishing project class. So I'm curious, what observations do you have about that experience and and projects in general? So I think what I took away from me personally, but also from just observing members, that having a specific plan in place can be very helpful because you can just move to the next step in the plan. And I think that if you can identify like small concrete steps to move you forward, that is a great way to make progress because otherwise every time you sit down, you have to figure out like, where was I and what do I want to do next? And then I think it's easy to get distracted and just because you have a plan in place doesn't mean you can't alter that. But it at least 
kind of gets the ball rolling, which I think for me, and it sounds like for a lot of other people, is sometimes the hardest part. Well, it gives you something to react to. Because I've certainly, like, even just listing stories that I want to tell, I'll go back later and something no longer interests me. But that's still a decision to say, eh, no, I'm going to cross that one off or, or remove it from the list because I'm not interested anymore. And often that sparks an idea of I'm much more interested in X, Y, or Z than, than whatever I'd written down before. Mm-hmm. And then I think the biggest thing that's come out for me is just many of us struggle with perfectionism and wanting things to be consistent or, or getting frustrated if it's if every page isn't a perfect masterpiece. And I think working through that and with the the kind of the hustle and energy we have behind the finishing project allows you to basically jump over that in a way. Like I'm focused on getting this done, you know, embracing what is doing the best that I can and knowing that all together, this is going to be an amazing project, even if certain parts are like a little bit wonky or not exactly the way we imagine them. And I think it also helps to give you permission to maybe widen your options to like throw back to the book club choice from last month with the decisive, um, the idea of maybe you had original plan in place and for whatever reason that is not working. So you always refer to them as course corrections. So instead of kind of getting stuck and spinning on what's not working, pause and see what you can do differently. So along with like, like let go of the perfection or let go of needing to have like, you know, the exact perfect photos, just find a photo and keep moving forward. Yes. Yes, for sure. When I've realized that, you know, I've certainly documented Uh, I'm looking here at my October project. I've documented some of these stories from October and doing this particular project has given me a chance to maybe pick some of the, the quirkier photos or the ones that they're a little bit less perfect because I've, you know, I will use the other ones. And so there's always this opportunity to come back, revisit stories, tell them, tell a new aspect of it. And the important thing is you just choose a photo and keep going. Some members were talking about like they were doing their before your story project as their finishing project. And they were talking about how in the people you love section is challenging to condense what you want to say about a close loved one on one three by four journal card. But I think the thing to also remember is that doesn't have to be the last thing you ever scrapbook about that person either. This is just a starting point and you can always add more story later. So I think to maybe reevaluate where we're getting stuck. I think that is one great thing about the finishing project, how it can kind of highlight some of those obstacles and maybe give you solutions to solve them and go forward. Yes, 100%. I mean, we had the same thing. So I'm actually working on Steve's Before Your Story album. It's his birth to adulthood story um, for my finishing project. We are getting so, so close. But he had similar not like complaints that, you know, how do I narrow this down? And I told him, like, the idea here is that you're just capturing a, almost even a, an annotated list of what is most important from your story. You know, there's other, you, you can't possibly capture everything, but what's valuable here is that you created this list, is that you created this highlights or this summary. And so I think that project definitely fits into this summary scrapbooking concept too. Yeah, certainly. Any other thoughts on projects? It's been so fun just to see the momentum of members finishing. I mean, there were members finishing before we even started the class. And then now members are finishing multiple projects, moving on from one to the next. It's just really fun to just see the energy behind it. No, I think that momentum is really powerful. Like you said, like, mm-hmm. and maybe that can also go a long ways towards deciding what, what project you want to start with, because we've talked about this before too, right? If it's that intersection between what you're excited about and then also what you, you know, like want to get done too. So like, maybe you're not super yeah. excited about project life from 2019, but it would feel like there's not very much work left and it would be a weight off your shoulders, then maybe that would be something to evaluate. So I think beyond like the projects themselves and what you have remaining, it's also how you feel about the projects. And we had some members that 
did complete course corrections and started out like thinking they were going to do one project and then they switched because something else mm-hmm. felt more meaningful to them at the time. And, you know, that was the right choice for them. So I think, again, it just kind of comes back to being open to whatever is speaking to you in the moment. Yes. So as you said that, that made me think of something that typically we definitely talk about that the intersection of what's important to you and what's exciting to you is what's going to lead to a finished project. And certainly those are not always equal. And sometimes we're lacking in one. But I think it's, it's during opportunities like the finishing project where accountability and encouragement and motivation can kind of buttress up what you're lacking. Like, because mm-hmm. I am not super excited about finishing Steve's project, mostly just because it's his stories. It's harder for me to connect to them because I didn't live them. But I do want to get it done. It feels really important to me. And so having the accountability of the community uh, kind of supplements that and is making it possible to get it done. So I've attended several crops that are kind of out of my normal routine just to have that intention. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on this for an hour. And it's I've already got all the journaling cards done, and now we just have a few layouts left, and and it's all almost done. That's exciting. Yeah, for sure. And you know what else is exciting is that we are jumping into the planning creative journey. This is probably, I say they're all my favorite, but this is definitely an exciting time of the year because we can start winding down, starting to get kind of cozy for the holiday season, and start dreaming about what's possible for us. So as we go into the sixth creative journey, what do you think well, what do you think has worked well about this format for for our members? I think you mentioned earlier just the idea of one month was too short. And I think if you start going mm. longer, then you start to lose focus. So I think two months is just that sweet spot between allowing you time to focus on something and kind of settle in without it dragging out too long. So I think it just, it's that sweet spot. I think so too. And it's just, it's felt so good because members have always asked for a little bit more direction while still maintaining a lot of flexibility. And so we've tried to find that kind of happy medium, that sweet spot in terms of content as well as here's some suggestions and we're going to be continuing along this line next year Here's where you could go if you want to dive deeper into this topic. If you just want to dabble a tiny bit, here's just, you know, the baby steps. And to just give you options and support you wherever you are right now. And I think in general, we worked hard, like you said, to offer guidance as needed, but make it kind of a wide enough net that, you know, most people either have something unfinished or in the midst of finishing something that they'd like to finish or... Um, so, so for, for each journey, kind of whatever we are focusing on, you know, there are different options that people could take depending on where they were in their, you know, creative process. And if for whatever reason that particular journey didn't speak to them, you know, the rest of like the community support is still there. We still have the sketches, the templates, uh, you know, the story starters, like all of that is still there. Um, it just kind of depends on how you want to engage with your hobby. So, you know, and that is going to change throughout the year, throughout the season, throughout what you have going on in life. And so, again, I think it just kind of comes back to that sweet spot of kind of offering different options to people and then they can pick and choose depending on you know their needs at that time because everyone's at a different place in their scrapbooking they're working on different projects they have different levels of being comfortable and whatever task is at hand be it you know yes journaling or editing photos or whatever so um you know really our community is there to support them to make the scrapbooking process more enjoyable well and i think that the this format has really allowed our wide ranging uh, set of open crop times to shine and come to the forefront as one of the key pieces that we provide for accountability that we have times throughout the week, you know, at all different uh, times of the day to meet, you know, the needs of, of people who are available um, because of their work schedules, or their family schedules or where they live. Uh, it's just been so nice to be able to say, Hey, we might have something 
it's just been so nice to say we have something for you on the calendar to help you move forward with your own projects. Yes. So one of the big fun things coming up, we actually have a couple to talk about, but what's coming up soonest is our refresh retreat, November 4th through 7th. And our members have said they really want to kind of nurture that cozy mood. They want to settle in. You know, those of us here in the Northern Hemisphere are going into cooler temperatures, uh, many of us, and we want to have that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. So, you know, we've always, we've talked to the podcast before about the idea of, of I think we pronounce it huga. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And what is something that you like to do this time of year to create that atmosphere? So I am just all about the fire, I guess. So either between lighting candles or we have a wood burning fireplace, you know, um, any and all of that. Like this weekend yesterday, it was like in the 40s and rainy all day and it was overcast. And But it was a good day to like sit inside. We made some soup. We had the fire going. In the evening, I like some scented candles. And then to me, that is like the ultimate feeling of cozy. Oh, need to come to your house. <laughs> yeah. Well, Caroline was even awesome. saying that today. She's like, the fire was so nice tonight. I'm like, well, we could do it again tonight. So uh, definitely this time of year. We like to kind of settle in on those kind of dark, cold nights and just relax by the fire. Yes. Yes. We've been doing historically a lot of – we did a lot of board games. And as the girls get older, you know, it kind of just depends on the day. But um, I also – we've been doing some puzzles. So definitely in the cold weather months during the holiday season, we have like a series or a set of holiday-themed puzzles that I always like to do. But – we did not really have any like good autumn or Halloween focused ones. So White Mountain Puzzle Company had a couple Halloween specific puzzle options. So I picked those up on a sale. So we've been doing those. So yes, it's all about kind of gathering together in front of the fire for sure. Mm, that sounds so nice. I actually just placed a Bath and Body Works order for some, oh. including some new candles, because I realized I have lots of summer candles for some mm-hmm. reason, but I don't really have any like, you know, fall, holiday, winter, you know, cozy scented candles. And so I definitely needed to bring that more because I know scent definitely is something that creates that atmosphere for me and, and starts to get me excited and, and feeling more cozy. That's funny because we are like the complete opposite. I have all of the kind of fall apple and pumpkin and warm spices and winter type smells like peppermint and things. But in the summer, like we'll go in spurts, but we really don't like candles quite as much. And I think it's because it's light so much later. So then, yes, you yes. know, we don't we're and we're, maybe we're out and about because the weather is nicer. And so we don't really take advantage of that as much. But it is it's definitely a cozy feeling. So. You know, I think it's because I I really like kind of oceanic scents, mm-hmm. a little bit of melon. And so if I'm just like, you know, whatever time of year, if I'm going by scent alone, that's probably what I'm going to grab. And then just as a personal preference, because the type of like perfume that I wear and things like that. And so I think it's just just my own personality that led to that. that. Yeah. But then when I like light one of those candles in the winter, I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> I can see that. So yes. what else do you do for a hygge? I think just also just like planning more special meals. I did like an all day spaghetti sauce in the crock pot last weekend. And, you know, during the summer, we're all just kind of running around, especially during volleyball season and softball season. It was kind of crazy. We were all like always eating in the car. It was just so busy. And, and really over the course of the pandemic, Steve, grilled almost all the time but I really like just you know once or twice a week maybe having a more special meal that takes a little bit longer and is you know fun to prepare and and all just kind of gathering around the table for that so that feels feels nice and cozy too yes for sure I'm all about soup man or like stews Yes, yes. I am so excited that after we finish recording, I'm going to go make a tortellini soup with some of that leftover spaghetti sauce. So I'm excited about that. Yes. 
Um, one thing I wanted to note about during our refresh retreat is that the December Daily Prep Party hosted by Allie Edwards and her team is going to be on that Saturday, November 6th. And we recognize that many of our listeners are going to be participating in that. And we want to just hopefully we can extend that experience and give you a more like intimate, close-knit container to experience that dis- that excitement of you know holiday scrapbooking if that's what you're into right now. And I know a lot of our members are doing both. Yes, for sure. I think it's also a crop and create event that weekend too. Oh so there's a, it's going to be a fun, scrappy weekend for sure. Um, oh, and one other side note about the December Daily Prep Party is that I have a video that I'm sharing as part of it. So I was invited to to participate in that too. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. And here's the big announcement. Our planning party is returning for the fifth year in a row and it is november 15th through 19th um registration opened when this goes out it will have been last week we mentioned it on last week's episode um but i love this event so much because i know how helpful it is to reflect on how your hobby is going and really start thinking about how you can do more of what's working well, let go of some things, and really just have the creative experience that you want. I'm curious, if, if for those who are participating for the first time, because you've been around for these, what advice would you have for them? I think to just be open to the possibilities. I think there are so many opportunities and different scrapbooking projects that we could jump on the bandwagon for out there these days. Um, and sometimes maybe we come into things with an idea of like, this is how I've always done it. And this is how I'll continue to do it. But I think the nice thing about the planning party is everyone's out there talking about their different projects and what they're excited about. And so I think to just be open to what is kind of lighting your fire so that you're excited to go into 22 and our 2022, um, and work on for your scrapbooking. So I think that's probably my biggest advice just because there's a certainly there's power in that sense of community and um you can it's kind of contagious I think all the excitement from the other members oh for sure well that reminds me so the keynote presentation for refresh for our retreat is going to be all about projects and what are all and and approaches like what are all the things that people can choose to participate in whether that's part of our community other communities or just more kind of general concepts um so that you know like what's on the buffet that you can pick and choose from and so i'm excited about that to just really like share all the different things that people can work on um and as a way of maybe thinking a little bit differently about how you can accomplish some of your goals. Yeah. I think that's awesome because sometimes like you're excited about everything. So it's kind of hard to do the picking and choosing, but you also can't do everything. So to have some guidance to kind of break down, you know, what, what you can choose from, like you say, that buffet and kind of whittle it down. That is definitely valuable. And I think it will set you up to have a more enjoyable hobby. Yes, for sure. And and I think having a little bit, there's two things. One is to maybe plan ahead for if you know you want to do these things, then that's already on your calendar. So when new opportunities come up, you have to make a choice. I already said I wanted to do this. Do I still have time if I'm already planning to do this thing? And then the kind of the companion to that is also to know, there are going to be lots of new things that come up and how can you leave space for that opportunity so that you don't end up feeling overloaded and maybe even regretful that you've committed to too much. Yeah. I think that's that critical piece about leaving the space because yes. you know, over the years through your guidance, I've done that and that has definitely worked out well for me to kind of eliminate that feeling of overwhelm because I left the, the space in there for the opportunity that I knew was probably going to come at some point. So that definitely helps. Yes. Yes. And I think just even the idea of doing a little bit of scaling back, you know, setting your goals that feel realistic and then saying, okay, what if my real goal is a little bit less than this so that 
I can feel accomplished and, you know, increase the uh, assurance of feeling accomplished and then also save that space for, for something new that you don't know about yet. Yes. It can be easy to get carried away for sure to make grand plans. (laughs) I have been there for sure. Yes. Yes. So our listeners can go to simplescrapper.com slash plan to register and it's completely free to participate. Uh, All of the content like the real guts of it is actually going to be as part of the podcast. So if you're already listening to the podcast, you'll be able to uh, get those lessons. But there is a companion workbook that I'll send you by email, as well as lots of other kind of fun celebratory events surrounding the planning party. And of course, there are prizes and you have to be registered to be eligible for a prize. Oh, I'm all about the prizes. Yes, for sure. And like there's all the hubbub about the December daily. So that's nice to kind of get an opportunity to think about these things before the holiday season really hits with full force where you have good intentions, but maybe not all the extra time. Well, and we like to do this in November because December is just busy. It's kind of a blur. And I like the idea that you can put out a rough plan. Let's put some ideas down. Let's really think about what we want. And trust that it'll all come together by the time January runs like rolls around. If you wait until January to start planning, you might make more like rash decisions or decisions out of FOMO. And I want you to just have some time to put your intentions into the world and allow your plan to come together by the time 2022 actually arrives. That's so smart. All right, Kim, anything else for today? No, you have soup to make. I do. Yes, I'm so excited for my lunch. (laughs) (laughs) This has been so fun. Thank you so much for spending time with me. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way. Don't forget to visit simplescrapper.com slash plan to RSVP for the 2022 planning party so you don't miss out on our biggest event of the year.